Welcome to Tauri's Community Church. We hope this talk helps you in figuring it out because we believe that when people discover truth and love, they are able to face life in a different kind of way and come alive. If this talk is relevant for you and you wish to discover more, please head over to tauriscommunitychurch.com.au forward slash services. And with that, we hope you enjoy today's talk. Let's have a morning today. Hey, let's have a really good morning. It's awesome to see you all here. It's awesome to see all the kids in here. Hey, kids, how are we all doing? It's awesome to see everybody on the camera stream. Hello, Johnsons and everybody else watching. I'm really excited. I think we're going to have a really good morning this morning. I want to start off by asking a question. I want you to think about this. It's a bit of a silly question, but it frames up what we're talking about today. Can you imagine, can you imagine being a leg spinner and following in after Shane Warne? <laughs> Stephen's just hand up going, yes. Can you imagine being a leader or a politician and having to succeed... Roosevelt, or someone like that. Just totally <laughs> forgot my words then. Totally forgot my words. I'm here thinking, who do I want to follow? Maybe Winston Churchill, maybe someone like that. My goodness. Or can you imagine, what about this one? Can you imagine being a tech guy or a business guy and having to follow in the footsteps of someone like a Steve Jobs? Big shoes to fill. Can you imagine the pressure? Can you imagine the circumstance? Can you imagine how difficult that would be? Like, sure, we might not be necessarily following in the footsteps of a giant like that. We might be. But we're all stepping into new things in life where sometimes the situation feels bigger than what we are. Where sometimes the pressure of the situation just feels so much bigger than what we can possibly handle. So maybe it's that next stage of parenting. Maybe your kids are going on to that next year of school or that next phase of life and you think, my goodness, I don't know how to do this next part. The pressure and the burden and the complexity of that is hard. I just want to be a really good mum. I want to be a really good dad. Or maybe in your family life you have to take on a caring role for someone else in your family. And the pressure of that, the complexity of that just feels hard. It feels heavy. It feels burdensome. Maybe you're a student and maybe it is the the uni exams and the uni assignments or the school exams, the school assignments, the deadlines, the group projects, the dreaded group projects, whatever it might be. The pressure from that just feels big. It feels hard. It feels complex. It feels crushing. It feels difficult. Maybe it's at work, you know, the pressure of work, of managing a team and managing a work environment of navigating that, the pressure of closing the deal, (laughs) of being provider for the family, the pressure of it. I want to talk about pressure today. I want to talk about what we do when we're under pressure. You know, we're doing this series at the moment called Start Strong, Stay Strong. And the, the premise of the series is really simple. It's really profound. The premise of the series is that God is good and he is for you. God is good and he is for you. It's so simple, but so true, and so profound. And I love what we're singing out in worship this morning because it reiterates that, that premise and that promise that God is good. He is very good. The goodness of God is great. God is good, and he is for you. Sometimes we need a reminder that God is for us and that we're not alone. That, that God is, knows every single hair on our head, and he knows our circumstance, and he cares deeply, and he wants to intervene and be beside us. God is good, and he is for you. And it's taken, and it's inspired by this, psalm, by, this, by this amazing Bible verse where it says, the Lord is good to all, not just good to some, not just good to the pastor or the, the people far from God, or, but the Lord is good to all. And his mercies, you know, his wonder, his grace, his gifts, his love, his mercies are over all his works. 
The Lord is good to all and his mercies are over all his works. So what we're doing in this series is we're unpacking this premise that God is good and that he is for you. But what does that look like when things aren't quite right? So we've been unpacking a number of different scenarios. And last week we talked about where is God when I feel stuck? (laughs) How is this promise true when I feel stuck in my situation or in my circumstance? And we talked about how even when I feel stuck, there's another one that's there beside us. But today, I want to talk about how is this premise, how is this promise true when I feel under pressure, when I feel under immense pressure, because our world is full of pressure. So coming back to that original question, which I all of a sudden forgot which leader I was going to pinpoint on, (laughs) can you imagine what it would be like? And I want to talk about this man called Joshua, because he stood in those shoes of following on from someone great. And I think that he went through a really difficult season in life and a season which we can all learn a lot from. Let me start the story. So Joshua is a book that's found at the begin- like towards the beginning of your Bible. So if you've got your Bibles, you can turn to it there. We're going to be reading from chapter 1. And I'm just going to pick out part of the story at the start here just to build some of the context. It says this, it says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' A's, Moses, my servant, is dead. Everybody say dead. (laughs) Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people, get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give to them, to the Israelites. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now prepare the people to cross this river and to go there. So a bit of context here. Moses was an incredible leader. Like two-thirds of the world consider Moses to be the greatest leader that ever lived, aside from Jesus. And if not the greatest, he's certainly on the short list. He's on the podium, you know, gold, silver, or bronze. He was an incredible leader. You know, it was Moses who stared down Pharaoh and said, you know what, Pharaoh, we're going to leave. <laughs> Us Israelites were sick of being captive, we're going to leave. And he stared him down through, the, through all those plagues, and we remember the story. But there's the added complexity of, you know, it's kind of like his step family that he's staring down. So, and then he leads this whole nation out of captivity and before him is this sea, it's this dead end. Behind him is this pursuing army. And what does Moses do? He parts the seas and they escape. He leads the Israelites through the wilderness and when they're hungry, he prays and all of a sudden manna, bread from heaven falls. He strikes the rock and there's water that comes pouring out. He goes up the mountain, right? He regularly goes up the mountain and converses with God in such an intimate way that when he comes back down, his face is radiating. Like it's radiant. It's shining. He delivers. He's a governor. He he establishes a government. He's a policy. He's a lawmaker. He he brings before them the Ten Commandments and many other laws. Moses was an incredible leader. Moses was an incredible guy. He led the Israelites through the wilderness for 40 years. Can you imagine being stuck in the middle for 40 years? Like we're complaining about our governments through this COVID season. Like you see what, how much criticism the Victorian government rightly or wrongly are getting. They've been doing it for like two months through this. In the meantime, lockdown, or three months, six months. I'm not saying it's not horrific or it's not hard. But 40 years Moses led people through an in the meantime type of season. 40 years. And so here's this amazing leader and he hasn't been able to deliver these people to this promised land, to the, to the next step of life, to the, all the wonderful things that we want to inherit in our own lives. Instead, Moses dies. 
And then who is it that has to fill in the shoes to, to step into that bridge? It's Joshua. And who was Joshua? Joshua was Moses' aide. He wasn't a prince. Joshua was a man like you and I. It talks about how Joshua was one of the spies that was sent out into the land. So he was like, kind of like a brave, he was a warrior maybe, he was, a, he was an aide, like he was a good guy, he was a faithful guy. He wasn't the leader that Moses was. He didn't have the, all those gifts. He wasn't the priest that Moses was who used to converse with God face to face. He wasn't the lawmaker that Moses was when he handed down the Ten Commandments. He wasn't the leader that led them out of captivity and parted the Red Sea, or the, the sea, you know? Joshua was here. Can you imagine him being here on the, on the border of the Jordan River? The weight of the nation, all of your friends, all of your family, all of your tradition, all of your religion, everything that you hold dear, the burden of responsibility on your shoulders as you assume the mantle of responsibility and of leadership, and as you stand on the banks of this river about to leave the wilderness, and you're having to follow in the footsteps of this guy called Moses. Talk about pressure. Talk about feeling pressed in on every side. Talk about complex and crushing and all sorts of difficult. And so this is the guy that I want to talk about this morning so that we can glean a little bit about Where is God in the pressure of our lives? Because we all go through seasons of life, we all go through moments in life where there is pressure. All the time. Our world is full of pressure. So how is that premise and that promise that God is good and that he is for you, how is that true in the midst of great pressure? So picking up and continuing on here in chapter 1, I want to look at what God said to Joshua to prepare him in this season, to prepare him in this moment and how that impacted his life. So, the very first thing (laughs) that I want to pick up on that God says, I'm just going to read out a chunk of scripture here. So this is God talking to Joshua. He says, Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. I love this. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you'll be prosperous and successful. Say prosperous. Say successful. (laughs) We're having fun this morning, or at least I am. Then you'll be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. The Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. How cool. How cool is this? So here's the bottom line, because I know that um, not all of us can concentrate whilst I waffle on all morning long. So here's the bottom line. So if you take one thing away from this morning, here's what it is. If you write down one thing this morning, here's what it is. When I feel under pressure, when I feel like I'm being crushed, when the complexity and the weight of the world is all so much, when I feel pressed in on every side, when I feel pressed, when I feel pressed in, his presence and pathway sustains me. His presence and pathway sustains me. His presence and pathway sustains me. It's so true. Let me show you. See, his presence, the very first thing that God said to Joshua there in that moment was, be strong and courageous. And then he repeated it again. He said, be strong and courageous. If I had continued on a few more lines, God would have said again to him, 
Be strong and courageous. I find it so encouraging that Joshua had to be reminded to be strong and courageous, that Joshua had to receive a bit of strength and a bit of courage in order to face the complexity and the pressure of his world. Be strong and courageous. So whilst we talked about how Joshua wasn't the leader that Moses was, that he wasn't qualified like Moses, he wasn't equipped like Moses, the one bit that we did glean about Joshua's history was that he was strong and that he was courageous. Because remember in the story of Moses how he sent out the spies to spy out the promised land and Joshua was one of them? And Joshua and his mate were the only ones that came back with a positive report. All the other ones talked about how fearful they were because they seemed like grasshoppers in their own eyes when they saw the size of the enemy. But Joshua came back and said, nah, it's a land flowing of milk and honey. This is our land for the taking. So Joshua, one of his gifts was strength and courage. And yet here on the banks of the river as he's leaving the wilderness, God still finds that he has to remind him to be strong and courageous. Joshua's natural gift wasn't enough. He still had to lean into God. This is what I think God's saying to us. He's saying, you need to be strong and courageous in these situations. And I know that's hard because we don't have enough of it ourselves. So what's God really saying? He's saying, lean into me. My presence, I am strong, I am courageous. That is the character and the nature of God. Sometimes when we think about God, we only think about him being loving and kind and empathetic and merciful and like a kind father that we can run to. And all of that is true. But God, God is wonderful. God is amazing. God is strong. God is courageous. And so God is saying to Joshua, lean into me. Let my character reflect upon you. Why don't you put on your identity of me, God, as being strong and courageous today? Why don't you carry my presence today and be strong and courageous? This is an encouragement for us because if even Joshua needed that reminder or needed to borrow that, we can too, because what it says is that God's grace, God's gift, God's unmerited gift is for us too. That when we don't feel strong enough and we don't feel courageous enough, we can lean into God and we can receive that. It's why the writer in Corinthians says that God's grace sustains us because in our weakness, then we are strong. In our weakness, then we are powerful. It's, got enough, it's not to do with ourselves and what we've got inherently within us. <laughs> the great beauty of the Christian walk is that we get to lean into someone else's strength. We get to lean into someone else's courage. His presence will sustain us if we ask him, if we invite him. In those situations of complexity and pressure, he is enough. He is strong and he is courageous. And his pathway sustains me. Did you notice how twice it talked about the book of law? I love that phrase about how it talked about how we should meditate on it day and night how it should always be on our lips. The book of law. So the law isn't just rules. The law, the book of law that he was talking about was the parts of the Bible that had yet been written. <laughs> let's, let's think about it. Let's think about what it was that God was referring to. It was the history of God for the Israelites. It was the testimony of God. It revealed the character of God. And part of that character, like we've just discussed, the presence of God is that God is strong and courageous. But it was more than that. The law was the written history. It was the testament. It was the glory of God. It was the, the boundary, boundaries for living. It was, the, it was love described. It was love spelled out. It was the best definition of love that we had until Jesus Christ arrived and ripped it all up and said, here's an even greater definition of love. We all care deeply about this thing called love. It's the conversation we care most deeply about. And at this point in human history, it was the greatest definition of love ever spelled out. It talks about how to love one another, how to love self, 
how to love God. But not just that, it, was, it had so much wisdom and so much practical advice to how to live a healthy life. Like it even spelled out how to do quarantine, how to do quarantine during a disease and during a pandemic. It had answers for how to live life. And so God's saying to Joshua here on the banks of this Jordan River as he's overwhelmed by the pressure and the complexity of the situation is digest this. Meditate on this. Let this always be on your mind. Let this always be on your lips. Digest it. It's the pathway of God. <laughs> and the, the great wonder about it is, is it's not just empty words. There's, what happens is that as we read this, the Holy Spirit promises to come and to bring it to life in us. He promises to come and to reveal to us what it means, to help us understand what it means. If I'm being really honest, if I can be honest for a second, if we don't digest this, I think it's arrogance. I think it's arrogance if we think that we're smart enough and have got all the answers in life that we don't need a little bit of wisdom and a little bit of a guiding hand. I think it's sheer arrogance. Like, don't hear that as me being judgmental and critical. You know, some days, like, I miss it too. <laughs> I'm not perfect. I don't read it every day either. But we need to have a hunger for it. We need to have a desire for it. To live without it is to go without the very bread that sustains life. To go without it is saying that, you know, life's complex, life's hard, life's difficult, but I've got all the answers and I've got all the wisdom that I could possibly need buried within me already. I think that's arrogant. I'm just being real. <laughs> I think it's really arrogant. If the God that created you and created this world that knows you more intimately than what you know yourself, that knows what's healthy for you and what's not healthy for you, wrote a letter to you, wrote a book to you, wrote a, a blog to you, wrote a, a, a manual to you saying this is how you can experience even greater health and even greater life, even more fulfilment. And then we go, no, nah, don't worry about it. I think I've got it all worked out. Time and again, God says to Joshua, do not let this depart from your lips. Joshua was not a priest. <laughs> Joshua was not the priest that Moses was. Joshua was like you and I. And the whole story of Joshua is time and again he comes back to this and it helps to guide him and it helps him navigate these complex and pressure-filled situations. You know, I was listening to some research recently by this amazing man called Dr. Henry Cloud. And he had this amazing way of being able to spell out how we've been wired. And he talks about how our brains is like a map, how we create these maps in our minds to be able to function every day. An example would be, you don't need to really think much about how you get up in the morning, have your breakfast and get to work. We more or less go on autopilot. So we've created these maps in our minds, but what happens is, is that when something disrupts that map, it like, it's like this big screaming red beacon which says, error, error, like this. And it takes all of our energy and it takes all of our attention and it takes us off that track, takes us off the map. And it initiates this stress response inside of us. And the incredible thing about this research is, is that these maps are totally trainable. They're entirely to do with how we feed ourselves, how we train ourselves, what sort of things we put into ourselves, the way that we reframe, reframe our mind. So we've got these maps. 
But in those moments of crisis, in these moments of pressure, in these moments of trouble, in these moments of complexity where something goes awry, where something goes wrong, the incredible thing that the research shows that Dr. Henry Cloud was sharing was that our intelligence, our IQ, can actually drop by about 30 points. And if you're like me, you don't have 30 points to spare. <laughs> and so you can go from being fairly sharp to very dull in a moment. Shaz is laughing because she knows, yeah, Johnny, you don't have enough points to spare. <laughs> how incredible is that? And so Dr. Henry Cloud talks about how during the global financial crisis, he goes in and he counsels some of the highest executives and CEOs all over the world. And he was talking about how during the GFC, all of a sudden you had these brilliant minds on Wall Street and then the market crashed and they left dumbfounded, staring at their screens, unable to interpret the data. And so the scary thing for us is, is that that could happen to us. It does happen to us. When we face a moment of complexity or pressure, we too can be left in a really debilitated state having to answer complex questions. So again, how do we prepare ourselves? Where is God in this? How do we survive this? When I feel pressed in his presence and pathway sustains me. You see, when I digest that word, when I digest this book of law or this book of love, we might call it today, when I digest this, I'm feeding my brain and I'm creating a new map. I'm creating a new tract in my mind. And you know, I desperately need that. And so as I flick through this, I want to feed this new map of wisdom. I want to create a lane, not just a laneway, not just a road, but a highway of wisdom in my mind. <laughs> I want to create a highway of wisdom in my brain. I want to make it so that my immediate response is compassion. I want to feed that part of my brain. I want to feed compassion in my brain so that when there's a crisis, my, my immediate response isn't just self-preservation and survival. I don't want to be forced to make that decision when I'm not quite thinking right in those moments of pressure. I'm going to digest this. I'm going to let this be on my lips and on my mind day and night. I'm going to create new maps and new tracks in my mind. I'm going to read about how my identity is found in God and how I'm secure. I'm going to read about how I can do relationships. I'm going to feed myself with these things. I'm going to make a new map in my mind which is healthier and healthier day by day, little by little. Because otherwise, if I don't have that... If I do my life without the pathway of God, I get to this moment, moment of complexity and I don't have these new maps in my mind. Instead, what have I got? I've got all the stuff, all the baggage that I carry around with dysfunctional Jono. I've got the insecurities, I've got the ego, I've got the, the foolishness. You know? God prepares us for pressure and he says, digest this, let this be on your lips day and night. When I feel pressed in, his presence and pathway sustains me. Okay. I'm going to go real quick over this next little bit and then we're going to wrap up. I'm going to just change, tack, change pace just for a moment and talk about something slightly different just because I think it's going to help some people. And I want to talk about when we are in that moment of stress where our IQ can drop by up to 30 points... <laughs> where we are in those times of struggle, how do we hit the reset button 
even though the, the pressure situation is still there? How do we hit the reset button? So, you know, I hope that if there's someone in this room today that feels like they're in that pressure cooker at the moment, that they feel like they're not quite right at the moment, it's going to give you a little bit of wisdom that, again, comes from Dr. Henry Cloud, but again, it comes from, actually, the Book of Love. And if you're not in that pressure cooker, maybe this can be part of your toolkit. Maybe you can make sure that you keep building these things into your lives to continue to prepare yourself really, really well. The first thing that they talk about, or that, um, that Dr. Henry Cloud talks about, that the Bible talks about, that's absolutely fundamental to hitting the reset button when we're not doing so well, is connectivity. Our connection to one another and our connection to him. You know, an infant from the time it's born for the first six weeks has got one job. And that one job is to form a bond with another human being. And you know, that job is incomplete after six weeks. It's a job that we have from the, from the womb and to the tomb. <laughs> All the medical research shows that we are healthier and happier when we are connected to one another. You know, there have been studies which show that people respond, uh, recover faster from injury, from stroke, from illness, from all these sorts of things when they feel a sense of connection to other people around them. There's all sorts of studies which show that we are unhealthier and unhappier when we aren't connected to people. You know, God's created us for connection. And we only have to look at the life of Jesus. He was connected to the crowd sometimes. He spent time connected to like the next circle of 30 or 60 people. He spent time connected to his 12. He spent time connected to his small group of three. Then he spent more time connected with his Father in heaven. Look at the, We need to draw those circles of our lives and make sure that we're connected in those points. Connection's the first one. The second one is structure. We've been wired for structure. There's a day and a night for reason. <laughs> there's, a, there's a flow to our lives. There's a rhythm to our lives. Structure is so important for our well-being and when our structure gets disrupted so often, that's the stimulant for us cascading down that cliff. Again, I think this latest pandemic and lockdown crisis where people are thrown out of their structure just highlights it so beautifully. We were created and wired for structure. It's why God made us have a Sabbath on the seventh day. We need structure. Did you know in the US they now don't allow executives with bipolar, to fly across time zones. They don't allow executives to fly across time zones because they've found that when they do that too often, it puts them into a manic state. Science is showing time and again what the Bible already knows, and that is that we've been designed for structure. We've been designed to have routine and rhythm in our lives. And when that gets taken from us, we struggle. So if you are in that pressure cooker at the moment, make sure you have structure in your life. Make sure you pencil in some time at the start of your day to block out your calendar, even if it's just locking in what time you're going to rest in during the day. Because here's the thing, white space in your calendar becomes quicksand, especially to your mind when you're not doing well. White sand in the calendar becomes quicksand. That's not to say you don't have any rest time, but pencil in your rest time, otherwise all your time becomes rest time and you find you're not rested at all. <laughs> Connection, structure. The last one is control. We've been designed to have control. We've been designed to want control. But the problem is, is that we try to control the wrong things in life. God's designed us for a special kind of control, and that control that he's designed us for is called... Self-control. 
We get all caught up in a mess when we try to control things we were never supposed to try and control. One of the healthiest things that you can do when you're in these situations of stress and anxiety and pressure is to write a list of things that are in your control and write a list of things that aren't in your control. And then it's a matter of letting go. Connection, structure, control. I said I'll do that fast. There's plenty more that you can dive into on that, but I just wanted to quickly drop that in. Coming back to here, Joshua, when I feel pressed in, his presence and pathway sustains me. It's so true. Uh, ben, why don't you come on up? We might wrap up in a minute. These kids have been so good today. So good. Parents, why don't you guys give yourselves a round of applause, hey? Yeah. So good. When I feel pressed in, his presence and pathway sustains me. When I feel pressed in, his presence, who God is, and his pathway, his ways, sustains me. When we come to the end of Joshua's story, he's, he's there about to die. He's conquered everything. He's done everything that he set out to do. He's been an immense success, more so than what you could possibly hope. He's gone from standing on the banks of the river with the weight of the nation on his shoulders to on his deathbed, and he's done it. He succeeded. He did everything that he had hoped to do. And he's here and he's carving up the land and giving out his inheritance and he's doing his last few jobs. He's writing his will, so to speak. And he passes on some advice to the next generation. What do we think that he might have said to that next generation? For a man that went through the pressure cooker and came out the other side well, what do you think he might have said? This is what he said to them. Be very strong. It sounds very familiar. <laughs> Be very strong. Be careful to obey all that is written in the book of law, in the book of love. Be careful to obey all that is written in the book of law of Moses without turning aside to the right or to the left. What's he saying? He's saying that in the pressure when I feel pressed in, his presence in his pathway will sustain me. His presence in his pathway will sustain you. You know, it's a very simple message. <laughs> it's a very, very simple message. It's not a complex message. I didn't come up today with the intent to wow anybody or to win, you know, intellectual credits or anything like that. His presence in his pathway sustains me. Because the reality of it is, is that when things are pressure-filled, the first thing to collapse is complexity. You talk to any great sports coach or any great business leader and they talk about how in times of great complexity the secret to their success is doing the simple things savagely well and so we've got an opportunity to rewire our brains and retrain our brains and create new maps so that we're more adept at handling the pressure in the future you know the navy seals talk about how under pressure you don't rise to the occasion but rather you you fall to the level of your training God's encouraging us to write a new map in our mind, to create a new level of training. Because the reality is, is that God is so good and God is for you and he wants to see you thrive through those moments of pressure. Guys, why don't you come on up here? Mike, you can deal with that one, that's fine. Why don't we all stand to our feet? We're going to leave it there. Big stretch. Yeah, come on, I see. Why don't we all do a big stretch like this, like what they're doing down the front? Oh, how does that feel? What a morning. What a good morning.
God is so good and he's for you. His path and his presence will sustain you. They're fine. They've got it. God's so good. All right, I might pray. And then what are we singing, Katie? We'll do the blessing. The blessing? How about it? How about it? He's for you. He is for you. There you go. All right, let's, let's pray, hey? Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you for today. I just thank you that you do make your message so clear and so simple. I thank you that you... I just thank you that you are for us. I thank you that you say to us, be strong and courageous, not necessarily because it's already inside of you, but because I am strong and courageous. And Father, I just want to thank you for your pathway, for your book of love, for your book of law, and I just pray that it may just guide us. I pray that we may become a people that just digest it, that meditate on it, that study it, that it's always on our lips. And Father, I pray for those either in the room or at home that feel like they're in the pressure cooker of life right now. And God, I just pray that you may just intervene in their circumstance. I pray that you may encourage their heart, that you may bring strength and courage to their mind, that they might still be for you, but that they may know that they're in the presence of the living God. God, you are so good and you are for me. God, you are so good. We pray to you this morning. God, you are so good. Thank you so much for joining us. We really hope you enjoyed this talk. We've created a free resource for this series, which is available for you over at towerracecommunitychurch.com.au forward slash services. You'll find links in the description. We are praying for you. Have a great week.